From the front line. It's not going to work, man. From the tailgates. Representing KGYR and its stakeholders. We are the Forum for the Fan. The Bleed Blue Show. Flying solo. Here's your host, Steve. Hey, we are the Phone for the Fans, the Blue Blue Show, uh, weekly hockey talk, uh, blue shirts, NHL, uh, Show.com is our website, audio archive episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, we see had an overtime loss versus the Red Wings on Thursday, we also had a, uh, on, on a good win uh, Sunday versus the Senators, uh, so, you know, just turning along, and uh, we got about a full month to the uh, NHL uh, trade deadline. So probably get into more of that in March. If whether our team makes moves or other teams around the league make moves, we can talk about all that stuff, man. But uh, we got to talk about other things as well, not just blue shirts. But we could probably sprinkle it in throughout this episode, maybe towards the last third of the episode, depending on how the flow of this thing goes. Um, uh, let's talk about uh, Emily Francis, uh, who passed away since the last time we did this episode. Uh, former player, uh, former uh, GM, Blackhawks, of course, our blue shirts, the Hartford Whalers. We could talk about that. Uh, building especially those Rangers teams from the late 60s and the 70s. So uh, definitely get a stakeholder uh, response to that as far as that. So uh, let's talk about it, man. Um Blue shirts, let's talk about our team, and then let's try to get around the NHL and hop off this thing, man. Uh, let, let's get into it, man. Uh, February hockey episode. Uh, Glenn, say hello to the people. I hope all is well. So how is everything with you? Yeah, everything is great. Hello, everybody. Good to be back. Uh, we got, as you mentioned, Steve, we have a lot to talk about tonight, and uh, uh, can't wait to get started. All right, cool. Where we lead off with you, I actually um, – Want to touch up on that with uh, Emily Francis, if you don't mind, and then also all the other stuff. Oh. Also, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get to everything, man. We'll get up to everything. Mr. Captain America himself, Scotty V, man, what's up, man? Hey, hey, Scott, guess what? I finished Peacemaker right right before this episode. Ah, good. What'd you think? It's hilarious, right? It was, yeah, it was good. It was very. <laughs> the comedy is kind of really perverted, but. It was good though. I mean, yeah. as far as yeah, <laughs> and, you know, well, you know, like you know, the guy. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Continue, God. No, that's the. I was just saying, like it was like the rating of uh, of the actual show before I watched it, it. It seems like it was. It was like an eight point six. It was a very good rating, and then plus you gave it its blessing. So yeah, it it, 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 it it's definitely. Good. It, it's definitely yeah, I think they, they were I going it. for, you know, their ver- DC's version of Deadpool, and for that you have to be kind of over-the-top vulgar. Uh, I mean, they just found a formula with John Cena. I mean, John Cena is just hilarious in everything he's in. And, uh, you know, the, the guy, uh, James Gunn, the guy who did Guardians of the Galaxy, wrote it, so he knew it was going to be funny. And now uh, they just found a winner. And, um, yeah, it's, it's you know, you, you, you can't take it seriously. You just have to, you know, just treat it as a joke. And it's just, it's just money. It really is. It's great. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Igly. Uh, love Igly. Uh, for whatever reason, the bird got me. He's smarter than any dog or cat I know. Um, you could definitely, I, could, I wish we had birds like that, man. But uh, let's, we'll get into it. Hey, Glenn, what are your thoughts? But, yeah, if you want to touch on, because uh, you were around as a longtime Blue Shirts fan and the passing of Emily Francis, an all fan coach and, you know, executive He's been with several teams with the Blackhawks, you know, player in the 40s, 50s, and 
putting together a lot of those uh, um, Rangers teams in the 60s and the 70s, but I remember you vividly. I don't remember exactly when. Was it like three months ago maybe? You talked about how when Yakuman was gone from uh, the Rangers and he came back a couple of nights later and they really got mm-hmm. on him at that time. But if you could touch up on that, please, and then anything else around our team and you want to touch on, then we'll go to Scott. Sure. Uh, yeah, the, the passing of Emil Francis brought back a lot of memories for me. Uh, I, I'm not old enough to have seen him play, but uh, I did grow up on those uh, early 70s teams that he uh, coached and managed. Um, and back in those days, you know, he was as much in the spotlight as a lot of the players. Um, you know, I guess maybe there was, uh, you know, a lot less teams in the league, obviously, back then. Uh, expansion had just happened a couple of years before. So, um, you know, everybody knew the coaches and general managers. A lot of them had been around for a while. And, uh, you know, he was as, as in as big of a spotlight uh, with that team as, as a lot of the players were. Um, you know, some of the things that I thought about uh, were, and, and again, like I said, I was uh, 12 in 1970, which is about when I started watching the Rangers. And, um, you know, just having that success early on, uh, they were a very good team. They got to the conference finals a couple of times. Uh, I remember some great series against the Blackhawks, who were were outstanding back then. Obviously, the Canadians, uh, the the Bruins, who won the the two Cups in 70 and 72. uh, And then, you know, kind of went into uh, the, the Canadians, and, uh, you know, later on in that decade, the Islanders. But uh, a couple of things I thought about with Emil Francis is he he, he broke my heart when he uh, waved Eddie Jockman because Eddie was my, my first favorite Ranger. Um, and uh, that kind of uh, made me understand, you know, what happens in sports, that there isn't always uh, a fairy tale ending and everybody doesn't stay with the, the same team all the time. And then on top of that, uh, a week later, he trades uh, Rattel and Brad Park to the Bruins for uh, Espo and Carol Vadney. And and back in those days, again, there weren't that many teams in the league. I was trying to think today. Uh, Espo was probably the most hated opposition player of Ranger fans in the league at that time. Uh, you know, the Flyers had started to, to – uh, you know, they had won a cup. Nobody liked Bobby Clark. Nobody liked Dave Schultz. But uh, for a number of years, going back to, you know, around 70, 71, 72, Espo was probably the, the guy that Ranger fans hated the most. So to have him uh, come to the team and to have to root for him was uh, was really hard. I mean, that was, that was an adjustment for me as a teenager. Uh, you know, all of that upheaval happening – with my team in a, in a week. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was, I mean, it worked out. I mean, you know, Jed, Eddie was let go because of, uh, they had traded for uh, John Davidson and JD became, you know, one of my favorite Rangers. And uh, obviously Espo with uh, Don Maloney and Don Murdoch in 79, they made that run to the finals when, you know, I really thought that they were going to, uh, uh, Really thought they they were a fairy tale team that was going to win the cup that year, uh, but they ran into that Montreal team that was uh, uh, you know about to win their fourth straight. And uh, you know, funny story I'll tell you about that when uh, uh, 
I guess it was uh, in the, the mid-'80s when Guy Lafleur had come back and played with the Rangers for a couple of years, and I um, uh, went to uh, a Ranger fan club dinner, and he was there. And I got to talk to him for a little while, and you know, I mentioned to him that 79 team, and I said, you know, I really thought the Rangers were going to beat you that year. One, one game one, we're ahead in game two. Uh, Bunny LaRock had to come and play uh, in place of Dryden. Uh, well, and then Bunny LaRock got hit in the head, and Dryden came back, and that was like the end of the Rangers' chances of, of winning the Cup. And Guy Lafleur just looked at me and said, no. <laughs> it was like, well, I thought they were going to. I guess you guys knew better. Um, but uh, the 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 last story I, I want to tell about Emil Francis, and I, I may have told this before uh, to you, Steve, is uh, the night the Rangers won the Cup in 94, and an hour after the game ended, um, you know, we had uh, left the garden. I'm walking down uh, 33rd Street with uh, my wife and my brother and his wife. And who we run into but Emil Francis walking up the, the street by himself. So, you know, we, 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 we see him, obviously, we say, hey, Emil. And we're just yelling at him, we're so happy for you. And he's yelling back to us, no, I'm so happy for you. Um, and, you know, we talked for a couple of minutes, and he went on his way. And uh, that's, that's one of my favorite moments from that night uh, when the Rangers won the Cup and uh, one of my favorite Emil Francis uh, memories. And uh, that's something I'll never forget. That means a lot to me that we ran into him that night. But, uh, uh, you know, he was a, a, a great coach, great manager, uh, had, uh, you know, really kind of, the Rangers had been in the doldrums in the 50s. And, uh, you know, when he came in and uh, in the mid-60s and brought in all of those players, you know, he had drafted uh, – uh, um, well, didn't draft him, but he had coached uh, Gilbert uh, earlier uh, and uh, before he came to the Rangers and was a, a big part of that team and a big part of a lot of the players that he brought in. And, uh, you know, again, that, that was a great team that just never – and it's almost like the the teams of the uh, you know the mid uh, 2010s here now, where we had those teams that kept getting to the conference finals, got to the finals one year, and just couldn't make it over the hump. Uh, that team was pretty much the same. And you know, if you look up at the top of the garden, there's a lot of numbers from that team hanging in the rafters, and uh, mm-hmm. he had a lot to do with it. So it was a, a great life he had. He lived till 95, and uh, it was sad to see him go, but. Uh, a lot of memories about Emil Francis. Man, thank you. Thank you on that. Uh, Scott, uh, anything you'd like to talk about whether, uh, with Francis or the team over the last week with the last couple of games, getting three points in the last week since the last time we talked? Um, well, with regards to Francis, um, a little bit before my mm-hmm. time, um, you know, I only know what I've seen in, you know, documentaries and, and whatnot. And I know that, you know, he was uh, integral in helping – restore the team to uh, some relevance in the sixties and on. So, uh, you know, certainly a, a Ranger legend there. Um, 
You know, it's funny you mentioned uh, Guy Lafleur, and uh, you know, I go to Montreal a lot for games with with my buddy Patrick up there, and um, you know, they have inside the arena they have the like the busts of all their their legends with the plaques, and they have the statues outside, and and you know, he's got one of each because he's you know an absolute legend there. So every time we pass it, uh, I'll just say, hey, look, Patrick, it's New York Rangers legend Guy Lafleur, and he was, and he knows I'm kidding, he knows I'm joking, but he still gets pissed when I say it, and. Uh, his reaction to that was actually my inspiration for getting the Chris Nyland jersey. And the first time I wore that mm. up there, I said, hey, look, it's New York Rangers legend Chris Nyland. And that one I actually get a lot of compliments on. I think, um, you know, I'm not about to go and have a, uh, you know, a, a Gila Rangers jersey made just for that. I mean, I mean, exactly what I did with the Nyland jersey. But um, I wouldn't do that with, with the LaFleur jersey. I don't know if that uh, might – because, you know, they, they do uh, – they are testy about those kind of things. But I do get a lot of compliments on the Nyland jersey, which uh, coincidentally is 3-0 and after uh, I was previously 1-7 and in that building. So I uh, can't go wrong with Knuckles. Um, <laughs> as far as recently, um, I mean – yeah, there again, you know, every now and then we go through these little down slides, I guess. I mean, yeah, they're still getting points. I mean, there are two on one in the last three, but um, you know, the, the last three games is kind of uh, you know, I, I don't want to say, you know, alert, a wake-up call or whatnot. You know, they they're not yeah, they are finding ways to get these points, but I think at this point, you know, we're coming up on two-thirds of the season, and, you know, the novelty of, you know, we're just so happy to be back in the playoff hunt and all that, I think that's worn off. I mean, you know, yeah. don't forget, this is the New York Rangers. We're not, you know, we're not Arizona. We're not Buffalo. Yeah, we didn't make the playoffs for four years, but, you know, we're not, uh, we're not just happy to be back in the playoff hunt. And again, they're, and they're not in a low-level standing after, you know, we're almost two-thirds of the way through the season, and they're still the sixth-best team in the league, even, you know, after, you know, they seem to cool off a little bit. Um, you know, the Western Canada trip wasn't great, but then they came back and went on, on a tear after that. Uh, then they had another couple of um, – another little slide, a very, very minor slide, and then went on a little bit of a tear after that, three-game win streak, uh, you know, going into the All-Star break. So every time – there's that's the great news, is that every time they do seem to have one of these little, you know, whatever they are – they seem to respond, but the last three games, but, but again, you know, the whole novelty of, of what just happened to be back in the playoff conversation, that was very short lived. I think, I think, you know, that, that, that carried us to the all-star break, but now again, two thirds of the season almost. And, you know, we got the sixth best record in the league and now, you know, we're no longer just happy to be here. You know, this is, this is for real. And, you know, I think we, whether or not they are a cup contender, I'm going to say as of now, no, but that doesn't mean that they don't have, they're not one, maybe two moves away. And I know that we've still got guys maturing and we've got new guys coming in next year and it's only going to get better. I understand that. And it's so hard to be patient um, when they have given, you know, again, if they were, if they were hovering around the seven, eight seed, that would be a little different story, but because they are as high as they are, you know, I, I don't think we are, um, you know, just you know happy to be here anymore and now we need to you know we need to think about you know what do they need to put them over the top this year because i think we we do have the pieces to trade 
you know, for that one final one, maybe two moves. We can, you know, we got pieces to move. We've got picks to move. You know, I know I, I read the other day, I think we've got two picks in the second round and two picks in the fourth round. So obviously, you know, you got things to move there. Crabs off, I'm sure, is never going to see the ice here. So that's a very appealing piece. Um, I don't think anybody would really object to Heedle be, be the name being thrown around. So we've got pieces to move without screwing up the chemistry here uh, that we need to start thinking about what might put this team over the top, and it's not much. So, yeah, they are finding ways to get points, uh, and they are still, after you know all these little mini slides lately, um, they are still the sixth best record in the league, but – you know, they're not doing very well at even strength. Yeah, I mean, the power play is lethal. That's great. Penalty kill is great. Igor's great, sure. But, you know, they're not scoring a lot of goals anymore. I mean, yes, okay, just anybody can beat anybody on any given night. I get that. So they beat Ottawa, you know, wasn't a shootout. It was a real win regulation. Fine. I get that. But, you know, after the previous two games, I would have liked to have seen them be a little – you know, more dominant win over a team like Ottawa. And I know that Ottawa's gotten better and they're not the same doormat that they were in the beginning of the season. But if we're going to consider ourselves a cup contender, um, you know, I would have liked, you know, after the two games before that, you know, two shootouts, you know, one goal in each, I would have liked uh, or two goals. In the, well, you know what I mean? Um, they're just not getting the short, the, the even strength goals. And I think, you know, teams are starting to catch on to that. And, stay, and if they're just staying out of the penalty box, the Rangers are beatable. And I think that that's something that needs to be addressed because, you know, again, I'm, I'm no longer – I can't speak for you, you gentlemen, but I'm no longer just happy to be here. You know, with this stage in the season with the sixth best record in the league, um, you know, we should, by the time the regular season ends, we should consider ourselves a cup contender. Whether or not that means we're fine the way we are, and I don't think we are, or we're one, maybe two moves away. But in any case, I'd like to see them playing a little better, a little more dominant uh, at, reg uh, reg at even strength um, for 60 minutes. That's the 60-minute thing has been a problem all year. I think it's time to start ironing out the rest of these things and start, uh, you know, making that final push toward the playoffs because uh, I know I've said it like four times in this long winded uh, rant here. But again, I'm no longer just happy to be here. Uh, and I want to uh, solidify this team as a cup contender because you can't go this far into the season, you know, with a six best record in the league and not finish it as a cup contender. So whatever that means, whether that means a deal or not, or just, you know, Gallant just making more magic happens, whatever, whatever it means, um, they got to, Get, get to that next level because they're so close. I don't think they're at it, but they're so close. Yeah, I would agree with you, Scott. Um, I actually would have a follow-up question the next time you go around. I'm going to bring it up. But let's bring on RP before we go to Glenn. Well, go to RP, then I'll speak, and then we'll go to Glenn. Ranger Proud. Right? Ranger Proud, Forever Blue Shirts, Empire Sports Media. Hey, 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 RP, man, tell us about Cigar Clouds, man. I've just seen a lot of the great posts, man. Feel free to put a plug in there for that, man. Yeah, the Cigar Clowns is my other my other group. I'm, I'm with Cigar Clowns, Devil Don Clay. Just, uh, there's a bunch of guys like to shoot the shit and, and talk, and with the clowns, I'm part of their group that does their taste testing, which I had tonight, which I forgot about, but which I had tonight. So it's, uh, it's a good group of guys. If you like cigars, check them out on Facebook. Uh, it's the journey for the perfect cigar kind of place that comes out every couple of weeks. They drop a cigar, and when they're gone, they're gone. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a fun thing. It keeps me going when there's no hockey going on. So, uh, but, but aside from that, I was listening to what you guys were saying and all. 
And, you know, the, the biggest problem with the Rangers, is, as we were saying, was their, their scoring. They're, they're sixth in the league in the NHL, but they've only scored 147 goals. And it, I don't want to say it's not going to get better, but they're going to have to find a way to finish more, play better five-on-five. Five. Maybe they're concentrating on defense a little bit, which is fine. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they're more than one piece away from going deep into the playoffs. I, I think when you look at the other teams ahead of them or in the overall standings, you know, your Colorado, the Panthers, the Hurricanes, the Lightning, these guys can put the puck in the net. I mean, Florida scored 206 goals. Will that pace continue once the playoffs come and the better teams are playing and it's tighter defense? That, that'll that have to be seen. But I think they're, you know, it, it's the same thing. You're happy where we are. There's no more talk of rebuilding. There's no more talk of, you know, can they be a playoff team? They're in the position where every playoff team right now is in the NHL standings. What do we need to do to get better? And it's a position they haven't been in in a while. And, you know, like we were saying, they're going to have to make a trade or two, and it's going to cost you a rouse to spots. I don't really see them doing anything with the top six. So, you know, Keto's name is, is going to come up because on the third line, who would you trade with, with big value? You're not trading Lafreniere, even though he's been up and down in the, in the top six. Um, the Kako injury kind of took his name out of the equation, though I don't think the Rangers should give up on him whatsoever. But with that injury he had, he may not come back before the trade deadline, and I don't know if anyone's willing to make a move on that injury right now. So, you know, draft picks. Kravtsov's name is out there, but let's be honest, with his reputation and what he's not done in the NHL, I don't know how much value he has. He'd probably be part of any trade the team makes, but I don't think he could be the focal point of a trade at this point. So it's not an easy move. You know, you're probably going to be giving up a Nils Lundqvist. I hate to say a Morgan Barron, but teams are going to be looking to improve themselves when they make a trade with us, just as we're looking to get better. And that's going to cost, you just hope it doesn't cost more than they should be giving up. If they, they need another bottom pair defenseman, I, I don't, I don't think the Nemeth-Schneider deal is the right way to go. Um, I understand why they didn't want to go with Jones and Schneider the whole way because at this stage of the game, going with two rookie defensemen is a little rough. But where they are in the standings, you know, it might not have been such a bad idea to, to keep it going for a little while. When you look at the standings, the Rangers are in a great spot. They're 69 points. They're third in the wild, in, in, the, in the wild card breakdown when you're looking at it. Boston's down at 62 in the number two wild card spot. And then there's a big drop down to Detroit in the number three spot with 52 points. The Rangers are 69 points. That's a 17-point difference. The Rangers are only going to fall out of a playoff spot if they totally tank. And I don't really see that happening, not with Gallant, and not with the way they're playing as a whole unit. So would it have been a bad idea to try out two rookie defensemen for another 10 games and, and see what happens? I think they should have held on to it a little bit more. Yeah, they were making some mistakes, but you're going to expect that. On the flip side, Gallant was looking for a little bit more veteran skill out there. And right now, Nemeth is the only guy they have. So what's more important, trading for another top six forward, trading for a bottom three defenseman? What's going on with Gorgiev? Because he's not going to play a lot in these next 32 games. So the, the Rangers have a lot of decisions to make. The deadline three weeks away. 
I would rather not make the trade now than a last-minute deal. There's a lot of questions. For a team that's sixth overall in the NHL, they have a lot of a lot of pending questions going on. I mean, they're a plus 24 on the goal differential, guys, which is the bottom of all the playoff teams aside mm-hmm. from the Bruins and the Capitals in the wild card spot. They have to find a way to put the puck in the net a little bit more and get a little bit of pressure off Chesterkin when he's playing. He's playing great. I mean, he's having Vezina numbers. But it's too early in the season to be putting all that weight on the goaltender all the time. So these are things that they're just going to have to address. You know, they're in a great spot. I mean, you get 30 games to go, and you're pretty much talking playoffs already because of the position they put themselves in throughout this season, which is excellent. But you have to find ways to get better because I tell you what, all these other teams are going to get better. If you think the Avalanche, the Penguins, the Hurricanes, the Panthers are just going to sit back and go, okay, what's that for the playoffs? I don't think that's going to happen. So they're going to have to just find ways to make better moves than some of these other teams and then use that last month and a half to gel up again and then go into the playoffs, and then we'll see where we're at. Uh, RP, before we go on, you want to chime in on Francis passing away, former GM of the Blue Shirts, uh, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, We were talking about it. Uh, If you have any words as far as him coming Uh, together, those uh, teams in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, it, it, it's been a tough year for the Rangers. You lose Gilbert, and now you lose Francis. You know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of fans don't know what he did as a GM and a coach and all in his time. He he put the Rangers back up to where, where they are now. He was the heart and soul of the organization for years, so it was really sad to see that he passed away. And, uh, you know, it's just another Ranger great that's no longer with us. So it, it was sad. He did a lot for the league. They gave him plenty of tribute, which he deserved. And uh, it's tough not to have them around anymore. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Shout out to RP. Let me uh, chime in on uh, guys' thoughts. Let me go back to Glenn and get his thoughts. Um, the goals are the lack of even strength execution. Not that I don't disagree with you, Scott, because obviously you're correct. But I do think it's a little skewed in the sense of I actually am a fan of deep. I'm a defensive guy in any sport more than anything. I'm a fan of strong pitching. I'm, you know, basketball, defense, uh, you know, defensive basketball, hockey, get a strong goalie uh, with some good defensemen. And and we got two-way guys that could get it done. I'm not as worried about the scoring as maybe some uh, Blue Shirts fans. Um, Because I think, like RP says, when it gets to the playoff time, that all that scoring a lot of these teams do, it comes down. They they can't keep that up against elite – elite teams because obviously everybody's in the playoffs are good. Um, I think the lack of scoring a lot of it was more earlier in the year because if you look back in the January games when we put, I mean I look at games we scored three or more. I mean we put it up against Tampa, we did it on the road in Anaheim. There was a three nothing win on the road after we left uh was it Anaheim? I think it was Anaheim. Uh we went to Toronto and then we put up six against them. You know, Toronto's a, a feasible opponent. Cold for what it's worth, after we lost to Carolina, we put up seven against Arizona, but they stink. But um, And then we put up five against Florida. Remember that Tuesday night game? We came on here after uh-huh. the game and talked about how what, that was the best win of the year. So this is all since January 1st. So a lot of that lack of scoring to me was before, uh, you know, before uh, New Year's. I am a huge – I love the two-way hockey, this team. I think that's the thing. I like about this more than anything. Now, if they could step up the even score, you know, even scoring on this team, I think we're really going to be rolling. And outside of the 
uh, transactions of bringing guys in. I think they will because, Scott, uh, when it gets back to you, I'm going to definitely ask that question because I addressed this with Glenn last week because is it time to roll the dice? And, RP, we've been talking about the letter for years with Gorton. Uh, but, yeah, of course the Rangers are going to make a move. I, I don't see how they couldn't. But the thing more so, I think, and I talked to Glenn at the end of the episode last week, is the world we live in as outside of sports, period. Like, we got a great chance with a crop of the ages of these guys on this team. It's a nice nuclear mix of veterans, guys in their prime, the youth. Um, and you and you have pieces that are tradable, definitely tradable. And you got the picks. You don't know what's going to happen next year. We could have another COVID outbreak or whatever it's going to be called next year, and they could short, shut down sports. It could reduce the games. And that's not even far fetched to say. I said this to Glenn last week. I want to get Scott's and RP's thoughts on that. So why not? I'm not saying mortgage the farm, but at least definitely make a move to put yourself in a position. Because I said last week, I like that all the teams in the East. I think we can't play with anybody in the league, and that includes Colorado. Uh, the West doesn't scare me at all, to be honest with you. The East is everybody's in the East. Everybody's actually in our division. You got to get through that, and we're actually sitting pretty good in the division. I want to go back to the Detroit game. You know. They play hard, man, and it, sometimes it doesn't fall away. The shootout, I don't know how you guys felt about the sequence of the shootout as far as guys trying to get the goals in. Uh, we can't win every shootout, but we did a damn good job as far as winning them, as far as uh, putting ourselves in position to get into that position. We, we're collecting points. That's the big big thing. We're not go, going to games and not getting a point. At least got one point out of it. Of course, we would have wanted to win. But uh, I think that retaliation goal by Larkin, he's a hell of a player for the Red Wings, underrated to me. Uh, after mm-hmm. that wraparound goal by Keandre Miller, uh, I, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't generate the offense and then it comes back to bite us, but it didn't happen that much to me this year. But I will say this about that Ottawa game and we go to Glenn. Listen, I love ugly two to one games, man, especially games where we didn't, you know, we, had, we didn't get the uh, first goal. We were down one nothing and uh, Strom, you know, Ranger fans been Killing Strong, your boy Strong this year, Glenn. And I kind of defended a little bit, but points wise, he's been okay. But it was a nice bounce back goal by him. And on top of that, uh, of course, when Panera's in there, great things happen. It was a nice shot to get the two to one lead. And we held a grind out game versus a team that's, you know, feisty. I was a little feisty. I'm not actually, I'm okay what happened with this past week with the three points. I'm, I really am. Um, but it comes, who? Capitals, Penguins. And then Canucks, <laughs> all before next Tuesday. Now we're gonna. I want to kind of see what we do against teams within our division, Glenn. And if you have any thoughts versus the Capitals, the Penguins, on Saturday, and then I think it's back to back games. On top of that, we got the Canucks at home. What are your thoughts on that? Anything else you'd like to continue on from the games from last week, uh, upcoming games? Uh, I think we all can agree. I think we there's a play for another defenseman on that bottom three. I mean, I mean the bottom, uh, the, the third line defenseman. Uh, I think that's the, the logical move. What's your thoughts going on? And everything, and we go back to Scott, and I have the question for Scott as far as how I see as far as going for it. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to find out how this team can do against uh, teams in the division because uh, I think about half of the games that are remaining are against teams in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, once. Uh, once they're done with that uh, kind of Midwest road trip to uh, Minnesota and Nashville, St. Louis, I think, um, pretty much all the games are going to be against the Metropolitan Division. So we're going to find out uh, how this team stacks up against teams like the Penguins and the Caps. 
uh, and Ka- uh, Carolina. Uh, you know, they're in a good position right now. They got a couple of games in hand on Pittsburgh, uh, although they're a point behind. They got a couple of games in hand on Washington, uh, and they're a few points ahead, which would be great to win the Washington game, uh, you know, and go six points up on them with a couple of games in hand. Uh, so, you know, we're going to find out. Uh, how good this team is because they're going to be starting to play games against uh, the best teams in the in the East. Uh, Buffalo, a couple against the Devils, Islanders, uh, which are always wars anyway. Uh, but you know the time is coming now where we're going to be done with uh, you know the, a lot of the Western, uh, uh, even the Atlantic uh, division teams, and uh, we're going to be uh, you know going head to head against the teams that. Uh, we have to beat to, to stay ahead. Um, as far as the, the past couple of games, look, they've scored two goals in, in each game. And, you know, you, you're right, Steve, about how it was earlier in the season, but five on five, this team has not done what you'd like to see them do. Um, the fact that the power play is, I believe, number three in the league, uh, three or four, um, you know, has helped them win a lot of games, helped them win the Ottawa game. They've uh, Panarin scored that goal on the power play. Um, you know, I don't want to say I was I – mean, I love two of one games like you do. I don't want to say I was disappointed. Uh, the Detroit game, hey, Grice played great. Uh, he's – I think I heard he's like 6-0 or 7-0 against the Rangers. So sometimes you, you have those guys that just find a way to beat you. And, I mean, Grice won that game uh, against Detroit. To, to me, um, the Ottawa game was even a little more disappointing for me because not only had Ottawa played the night before, uh, they're missing uh, Batherson and Norris and Shabbat. Uh, you know, they're missing some of their key players too. And uh, you know, they, they the Rangers came out. I thought finally, you know, with a little bit of a spark in the first period, even though they fell behind, it wasn't the usual kind of, you know, kind of go load through the first period. Um, but that game, I really thought, you know, I thought the hammer was going to come down later in the game. And, and Ottawa, who I think I told you last week, they're a team that's up and coming too, as Detroit is. Um, you know, but they hung in there. And, uh, you know, the Rangers, uh, Shesterkin had to make a number of great saves. Um, I, I think, I mean, I'm feeling, and let me know what you guys think. I'm feeling in the last three games maybe that we've seen since that two-week layoff. You know, we're kind of in the winning mm. baseball, they call dog days, um, which shouldn't really be for the Rangers. They just had two weeks off, you know. Um, but we're kind of in the dog days of the season where, you know, games just kind of come one after another and, and, you know, you just try to do the best you can. But it seems to me in these last three games that, you know, there's not a, a lot of sustained – pressure in the offensive zone. Um, and I think that couples with something that, you know, Scott had mentioned about the power play that, you know, they're not getting many power plays lately. And, and I think that's where you get a lot of, of uh, penalty calls on the other team. When you're, when you're in the offensive zone, you're grinding, you're, you're cycling, you're, you know, uh, kind of putting the other team on their heels. And, I, I feel it's kind of like hand in hand. I just feel like I'm not seeing a lot of offensive sustained pressure. Uh, and as a result, we're not seeing a lot of power plays, which is this team has been this team's bread and butter for a lot of the season. So, um, 
you know, I think I want to see more of that. And I don't know if you guys feel the same way watching the games. It's just kind of a general idea that I've noticed. But, um, you know, I just want to see them kind of grinding a little bit more. And I think the third line has become – I don't even know what the third line is anymore. Uh, you know, Gautier doesn't score. Heedle doesn't score. Uh, Barkley Goudreau, when he's on that line, he gives the Rangers, you know, other things uh, defensively, killing penalties and all that. But I'm not even sure what the third line is anymore. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't want to complain. They're in a great position. But I think there's some things that need to be addressed uh, by the coaching staff and by Drury as far as uh, bringing in the right players down the stretch. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, they keep winning, like we're all saying. They're in the sixth position, two-thirds of the way through the season. Um, like Scott said, I'm not just happy to be here. I want to see I want to see them keep winning. I want to see them win a couple of rounds, go as far as they can. Um, so uh, I, I think this is a team, like RP said, the position they're in, but there's still a lot of questions to be answered. Yeah, I would agree with that. Let's go to Scott and get us started. But Scott, um, that's the point I was making as far as not just going for it because you have the pieces, your draft picks, but what about the, the unseen future with the world? What if there could be an outbreak and it shuts down sports where the Rangers are in a prime opportunity to make moves, to build a roster, to go for a run now? What are your thoughts on that from that angle? And also what uh, Glenn said, we'll go back to Ranger Proud and get his thoughts uh, on, on the blue shirts and upcoming games. Yeah, that's that's an interesting perspective that I never really considered. Um, you know, you know, you, you think about, you know, the in the pre-COVID era, you just think about, okay, you want to, you know, shore up the team, make some moves, but you know, we're we're never going to forget what Sather did to make us a contender in 2012, 13, you know, and 14, and that you know made sure, you know, guaranteed that we were going to have four years of garbage to dig out of it. You know, you, you don't want to do that. So, you know, you, you always, you know, b- before COVID, all you had to worry about was, you know, just not mortgaging the future. But now, you know, you, you make a good point, Steve. You, you have to, you know, we live in uncertain at times as to whether or not there will even be a season um, at any given time, um, um, you know, in the, for the next year. Who knows how long this thing's going to go. So that is also something to consider about, uh, you know, having to balance now, uh, letting the, the, you know, the, the rebuild finalize and, and, and let the, the, you know, these draft picks and prospects and signings that we worked so hard to get back to, do you just let that take its shape? Or do you now have to say, well, you know what, maybe there might not be a season next year or half a season or whatnot. uh, You know, so maybe we need to go for it now. So, you know, you got a whole Mm -hmm. new angle that uh, management needs to consider. Um, I, if it was me personally, if I'm the GM, I, would try to not consider that and just take the the hurdle as it comes. If it comes, um, we'll just call it, you know, foreseen, unforeseen circumstances. I don't know. Um, but I would just worry about, uh, you know, trying to put this team over the top, uh, you know, without mortgaging the future, without uh, sathering away the future, if you will. So, 
Um, you know, I would just look for, I think the pieces that we talked about, yeah, Kravtsov, they would definitely have to uh, have a good sales pitch to get a GM to, to roll the dice on that. And I think anything that does involve him, I forgot, uh, you know, who said it, but yes, he would not be the centerpiece. And if it was a separate trade, it, it would probably be, you know, something not too valuable so that, uh, you know, it wouldn't hurt the other team if he ends up not showing up. I mean, I'm sure he's got agents and whatnot telling him, you know, whoever your next shot is at the NHL will probably be your last. But is he going to care? You know, is the question. So, uh, you know, he's a big question mark. And unfortunately, um, you know, the other names we talked about, Heedle, definitely tradable. Um no, I'm not ready to, to trade Lafreniere. No, absolutely not. Kako, now, yes, his injury kind of, you know, throws a wrench into that works. I mean, look, I'm, he, he's, he's still young. He was definitely getting better. I'm not calling him a bust by any means, not giving up on the kid. However, um, would not object to a trade if – you know, it was a beneficial trade, you know, so I just don't want that to be misinterpreted. I don't want him traded, but I would be open to his name being thrown in there as long as, you know, it's a quality trade in our favor, but Lafreniere, definitely not. Absolutely not. Um, so, so um, what you know, we, we keep hearing. Let me ask you this. Tomas yeah. Hurdle for Capco and a couple of draft picks. What do you think about that? Uh, what kind of draft picks we talking about when you say a couple? A one. A one and maybe a lower draft pick on top of that, maybe future. Uh, I don't know if I would go one. <laughs> I would go two and four because I know that we've got, uh, you know, if I read that article correctly, I believe we have two second rounders and two fourth rounders in the next draft. So I would go one of each. Um you know, like, likely the NHL is, is probably, you know, more than any other league where, you know, once you get out of the first round, you know, two through four are pretty much just a roll of the dice anyway uh, in terms of whether a guy is going to be a superstar or a bust or anything in between, which means a second and a fourth round are basically, you know, just as appealing. Um, but I would, I, I don't think I would want to mess with the first round. Um in that, but, uh, you know, two, maybe, maybe two of those players, I don't know about two of those players, two other, one of those players we talked about, like you said, Kako and two picks, I, that I would do. Um, you know, I, I would feel better if it was Heedle and two picks, but, you know, I would be open to Kako, Kako and two picks, but, but not, not the first round. Um, you know, we keep hearing the name JT Miller thrown around. Um, you know, he, he's shaping up to be about a point-a-game guy. I haven't seen his face-off numbers. I know he's a center. That's obviously huge in, in a center. Yes, we need somebody who could generate offense, sure, but we also need to fix that face-off problem. And, you know, if you're going to get a center, there's no reason why, you know, if we're going to trade for a center at this point, why it shouldn't be somebody, uh, you know, who can, a center who can cover both of those, you know, offense and, uh, and face-offs. Um, I don't know if anybody offhand uh, – knows his, his face-off numbers if he's over 50%. But, um, you know, if he is, you know, we keep hearing that name thrown around, um, that I'd be open to. Again, in, in, in a similar trade fashion, I don't want to give up anybody who's, a, a, you know, a key piece here. Um, and I don't want to, you know, and I, and I don't want to get too heavy with the draft picks. Um, beyond that, 
I mean, I know I've said it before, and, and this is, and he's, not, and he wouldn't be the only one. You know, we, again, we would need, you know, maybe, maybe that veteran defenseman, or uh, and also the the center. But again, like if if we're gonna be looking for like if we get those pieces and like a finishing touch, I don't see why like uh, uh like, like a Phil Kessel as a finishing touch, you know, third, you know, possibility uh, to generate offense there. He's still putting up almost a point a game. Um, almost, um, you know, and, and, and I don't think, you know, from a team like Arizona, I don't think that would cost us much. You know, Arizona's going nowhere. They're obviously sellers and, you know, any kind of draft pick would be a fine replacement for him as far as they're concerned. Um, but again, you know, not, he's obviously not the only piece we need here. I just think that he would make good icing on the cake if we could solve the other two issues. Um, so I don't know. Uh, you know, obviously Drury is, uh, is I'm sure, you know, thinking of all these things as we speak. So uh, let's, you know, this is his first time really on the clock here. You know, he, uh, you know, with the exception of the tough guys he added this offseason, this, you know, team was pretty much more or less handed to him. So now he's really on the clock. This is his first trading deadline where, uh, you know, on the clock, we're no longer sellers, we're buyers. And so uh, we're going to see what he's made of real soon. <laughs> Hey, Scott, you got a, a question you want to throw at, at Ranger Proud? Or, Glenn, you have a question you want to throw at, at RP, who's next? Uh, the, anything you want to throw at his way? Or? Oh, me, me asking them or them asking me? You asking uh, RP. You got anything for RP, Ranger oh, Proud? Oh, um, kind of wasn't really prepared. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> so I, I guess, I guess the short answer would be I don't. Glenn, <laughs> anything you want to throw at RP? Well, anything with the roster? Um, no? I, you know, I'd like to throw one thing out there. Um, you know, RP mentioned Georgiev a little bit. I was kind of surprised that he didn't get a start against Detroit or Ottawa, especially with Washington and Pittsburgh coming up. Um I, I'm not sure how much, again, how he's going to buy. I know we got a game against Buffalo. we got a couple of Devils. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, they might include him in a package too and, and uh, uh, either try to sign a veteran or, or, you know, go with one of the kids if Shesterkin is going to go. I mean, the only problem is uh, if Shesterkin goes down, they're really in trouble. But, I mean, the way Georgia has been so up and down this year, I think they're in trouble anyway if Shesterkin gets hurt. So uh, what does RP think about that? I like – I don't – you didn't see go give Flake because he's going to ride Chesterkin, and if it's every other yeah. day, you're going to see Chesterkin play every other day. There's no doubt in my mind with 30 games to go to play everybody attitude is is out. Um, I still think they're going to look to move him. I don't think he's happy being a backup. I don't think he's happy only getting if he gets 20 games, 25 games a year, it, it'll be a lot. Uh, I just did a poll the other day. There's only 32 games left to go. Chesterkin has 24 wins. How many more games is Chesterkin going to play? I'm figuring he's going to play at least at least 16 of the 32. That's half. That's probably not enough. And I don't think Gorgia is going to see nearly that much ice time. I, I see Chesterkin getting 35 or 38 wins at the end of this year. Which means he's going to play a hell of a lot of more hockey. Mm-hmm. And Gorgia is going to be happy with so I've been talking about him getting moved just because it's probably just the right move to find a legitimate backup goalie, and Gorgiev just doesn't seem to be comfortable with that position. 
can see mm-hmm. body language on the bench. It's just, it's just my view. Um, back to what Glenn was saying, JT Miller is a 53% face-off wins this year, and he's got 53 yeah. points in 50 games. 18, 35, 18 goals, 35 assists. There's no way you're going to trade to JT Miller and the number one draft pick isn't included, guys. Not going to happen. Mm. No one's trading yeah. JT Miller for a second-round draft pick, and let's just say Kropstall and Lundqvist. It's, it's not, it, that's not improving their team at all. It's not even keeping their team even. I, I don't see the Rangers making any deal without the number one in it, guys, unless it's a straight-up one-for-one kind of deal, which the Rangers don't have that player to trade. Unless you're trading strong. Well, Eagle, and that's something I Taco. last week. RP, um, I, I, what was that? If they, if they were able to obtain JT Miller, he's got a year left. Uh, that mm-hmm. to me would preclude them bringing back Strom, because I don't think they've got the cap space to have both of them. The problem is they have to make the decision on Strom before they do anything with the trade deadline. Right. 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 Yep. And that's what I think everyone's waiting on. I did hear a rumor Larry Brooks put a couple of weeks ago that they were negotiating, and then nothing was said about it again. But you can't make any move without knowing what you're doing with him because of the salary cap situations. Then if yeah. you then Strom, now it kind of limits you. But see, the problem with it's hard to worry about next season, this season, but you have to, and then it's two seasons after this because of the, the cap crunch that everybody's in. A lot of the teams are in that same spot. But I don't see the Rangers making a, a top six improvement without trading the number one pick. Unless you're yeah. giving up a top six player now, which they're not going to do. Nope. Most, most of those guys got no move clauses anyway, so or, or giant contracts. So I've been a, a proponent of getting JT Miller back just because the way he's played. I mean, he's been a 50% face-off guy even when he was with the Rangers. I think the last five years he's only been – on the 50% one, and that was like at 49%. So the good thing about bringing JT Miller is you can put him at right wing, you can put him at center. He's very flexible, which is what the Rangers are looking for. Mm-hmm. Any of these deals that we're looking at, and it's not an incredible draft year coming up this year. The one isn't like in previous years, and you never want to give up your first-round draft pick because of all the mistakes the Rangers have made years ago. But if we're finally buyers... That's what it's going to cost. Because this thing with Kraftstoff to me isn't the deal break everyone's making it out to be. He hasn't done anything in the NHL when he was here. He's shown that he's immature, that he doesn't get his way, and he leaves. He's left the ring twice. If you clubs are looking at that, you guys are crazy. And he didn't light up the KHL when he was down in the KHL. Mm-hmm. So I, I just don't see him as the player everyone thought he was going to be, and he could be. He could go somewhere else and light him up. But you can only go by based on what he's done previously in the KHL and the NHL or the AHL for that matter. And it hasn't been a lot. So I don't know how much of a uh, deal breaker putting Kraftstuff, and I think the entire league knows Kraftstuff's going to be included in the deal. So I don't think that's too much of a, you know, like a, a negotiating point. The Rangers are going to have to decide what they're going to do with Strom and then see what the rest of them want to take. Keep here and improve the defensive position. Maybe they get a bundle deal with Gorgiev and Hito and get a good little deal back. It's very quiet rumors. There haven't been a lot of trades because, you know, coming out of the the non-Olympic break, as I like to call it, with all these makeup games and all, and now everyone's getting into the heart of their last third of the season. 
the teams that are in it are just looking to improve, so you're not really looking to make a lot of trades with those teams. The teams that aren't in the playoffs, you're looking at rental players. So how much mm-hmm. do the Rangers want to give up? Would a Giordano from Seattle look great as the Rangers on the Rangers? Absolutely. But is Giordano going to play the third-line pair? Hell no. So then what do you do? You're going to move the only other player I would say they're moving down would be K. Andre Miller. But he's playing too well to make him a third-line pair. So to me, the Giordano deal doesn't look that good. He's a rental player. He, if he wasn't happy, he'd leave at the end of the season as a USA. I, I don't know where he fits in. You, you have to get a player that fits into your roster. That will improve your team, not mess up your chemistry, and get more wins. I don't know where you put Mark Giordano. I like him. I, I wanted the Rangers to get him. But where are you going to put him with these six defensemen? You know you're not moving Lindgren Fox around. Trooper Miller has been playing very, very well. So it's only that fifth, sixth spot. I don't know if that's going to work for what you've got to give up. Because if you put him down there, he knows he's not going to be top four defenseman with the Rangers next year. So he's going to walk. So do you make that trade knowing he's going to walk? In a year where you're not – it's not like the 94 team when you knew you needed a couple of pieces and you had a great run for the Eastern Conference Final and for the Stanley Cup. Even if they added a Giordano and a better backup goaltender, is that going to make the Rangers go from maybe a first or a second round advancement to the Eastern Conference Finals? That's what you have to ask. Any deal he makes, if you're looking to improve on this year. And the other thing I disagree with is I don't think you can worry about COVID. All the teams are in the same spot with that. The whole league is in the same spot with that. You, you make your trades with the theory that we're not getting shut down that will be playing the next three years. And if something comes up, it comes up for everybody. Everybody's in the same wheelhouse. And we just got to roll the dice with that. But this whole mm-hmm. thing, I think, is on strong. Salary cap, mm-hmm. center, you know, because if, if you're keeping them, now you don't, you still need a center. But now you can't pay all that money for a center. And if you make a trade and you trade Heedle, you can move Goodrow up to the third line center position. You don't exactly. need to bring another center back right now. So it's mm-hmm. you know it's a it's a dicey thing with the Rangers. It's it's funny to me the Rangers don't have a lot of players to move on the roster, and we don't want to give up the farm. So as much as we're saying we need A, B, and C, it may they may not be able to get A, B, and C. All right. All right, cool. Uh, let's get some final thoughts. Uh, Glenn, uh, give us like a minute because we're running out of time. Uh, our team, anything around the league, give us like a minute, minute and a half, and then we'll get to Scott. Same thing, and RP, uh, and then we'll wrap up. I mean, in, in in terms of what RP was saying, and you know I'm a Strom supporter, but you know what? J.P. Miller's a better player. Uh, so as much of a supporter as I am of Strom, if they got to, you know, Move him to bring in a JT Miller. It'll help, like we say, the uh, uh, the faceoffs. He was always good with that. Um, you know, you could even play him on the right wing and have him take faceoffs with whatever line he's on. Uh, so, you know, and he's got an extra year, and I think he would, you know, probably stay if uh, you know it came to it. So, uh, you now I would I would probably do that if they needed to do that. Um, you know, I think they still need to make a couple of moves. I think we still like to see a veteran back there on the on the third. It may not be Giordano, but it may be somebody who's uh, a little more of a defensive presence. 
Um, you know, I mean, Truba's picked up his offense this year. We got Fox. We don't really need an offensive defenseman. If we can bring somebody in who's uh, a little more defensive-minded to play with Jones or uh, looks like more like Jones or Lundqvist or whoever is, is here, um, you know, and I think that's the way to go. Uh, but, you know, so much of it depends on the salary cap too. Um, just quickly around the league, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of good races in, in, uh, in the West, uh, you know, in the East. You know, you got you got Columbus hanging in there. You got Detroit hanging in there. Uh, but I don't think they're good enough to overtake, uh, you know, the teams that are way ahead of them. Uh, the Islanders, I think it's just getting too late. I mean, they needed to go on a run right now, and they haven't been able to uh, get their feet under them. So I, mean, I think the playoffs are pretty well set in the East as far as positioning goes. Um, and in the West, you know, once these games uh, get played out, all the extra games that had been postponed – I think some teams will see whether they think they're going to take a shot at making the playoffs or if they're going to be sellers. And, you know, then the, then the, the, the trading picture heading up to the deadline will become a, a little clearer. So, uh, you know, I'm keeping a close eye on the West because I think there's going to be a lot of, a lot of players moved over in the, uh, in the Western uh, uh, conference. Thank you very much, Glenn, on your final thoughts. Uh, on this episode. shout out to Glenn, man. And uh, Scott, uh, give us about a minute, minute and a half for you. Same thing for RP, and then we'll wrap up. All right. Um, yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement that uh, they whatever they do, whatever they do needs to result in more five on five goals. I mean, uh, you know, we just went through the entire Henrik Lundqvist era of not being able to, I mean, we made the playoffs, I, I think, what, every, up until 2017, I think every year from two, 2006 to 2017, every year except for, I believe, 2011. Obviously, mm-hmm. some of those teams better contenders than others, but, you know, we just went through the entire Lundquist era not getting him that goal, you know, w- when we needed it. The difference between 94 and I guess 2012, 14, and 15 were the best chances of the Lundqvist era. The difference between 94 and those three years is that 94, we got Richter. Yeah, we had to rely on him a lot, sure, but we got him the goal when, when he needed it. And in 2012, 14, and 15, just at one point, could not get Lundqvist. He stood on his head, could not get him the goal that, that he needed. And we don't want to do that with Shesterkin. Um, Yes, he's phenomenal back there. He might damn well be the best out of the three. It's, I don't even think it's that ridiculous of a statement. Yeah, when, when it's all said and done, he might be the best goalie in Rangers history when it's all said and done. Uh, that, you know, that, that's an argument for another time. But I'm just saying, we, just, we don't want to do that. Even though it's early in his tenure, we don't want to have to rely on him to win two-to-one games, even though, yes, we know that two-to-one, three-to-two seems to be the way of the playoffs. We'd like to be able to, you know, at least show that we can do the whole four or five goals thing a game without getting four or five power plays. Um, as far as the rest of the league, I know a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about uh, our predictions, one in each conference, I had said Calgary, and they are now on a 10-game win streak. Uh, and the good news is I was wrong about the Islanders as my pick in the East. <laughs> uh, not not quite ready to uh, you know engrave their 2022 tombstone just yet, but uh, 
Uh, who, who was just speaking? Glenn, was it you who, who was just speaking yeah. about them and said that, uh, yeah, they need to put a run together. They're going out west now. They're going to California. I don't. I think if they don't put a four-game win streak together in the next 10 to 12, I think a four-game win streak keeps them alive. If they don't put a four-game win streak together in the next 10 to 12, then we can engrave their tombstone for the year, uh, which is great news. And I guess I'll leave it on that. Thank you very much, Scott, on your final thoughts. Shout out to Scotty B, man. Thank you, man. RP, final thoughts, man. And uh, I know you much needed uh, rest. Uh, I know you got to take some time off. Final thoughts from you, sir. Yeah, my final thoughts is the Rangers just need to worry about the Rangers. I don't – where they are right now in the standings is because of all the hard work they did through the season, and they just need to keep that up. Where things are – when they play out, they're going to play out with all these other teams. The whole tread deadline based on what they're going to do with Ryan Strom. And once they know what they're going to do with that, then they can focus on moving forward, trades, not making trades, salary cap. All that stuff's going to sort of even out once they know what they're doing with him. So if a trade's announced, you probably have an idea. If they sign Strom, you probably have an idea. But until that happens, it's, it's all a waiting game. Um, just keep playing the way they're playing. Keep staying out of those long losing streaks. If they keep doing what they've been doing all season, they're going to ride right into the playoffs on a high. They got the right coach. They have the team seems to be playing so well as a unit from top to bottom, which is another reason why it's hard to make a trade because you've really got everyone right where they want, but we do know they need to make an improvement. So let's just see what happens week to week, and I hope Jerry knows what he's doing. Ranger Proud, Ranger Proud on Instagram, of course, um, Empire Sports Media, Forever Blue Shirts, especially on Twitter with, with, with Rangers Town and Rangers Twitter, <laughs> that barn. Um, shouts to RP. <laughs> uh, a great episode, guys, uh, you know, remembering uh, Francis, uh, remembering, uh, you know, playing good stories with uh, uh, the Rangers of the teams back in the 70s as well, what happened in that era. Um my final thought, you guys kind of covered it on the blue shirt front. All I got to say is Shesterkin, Shesterkin, Gorkyov should be the order by the time we get back here next Tuesday night by 9 p.m. Shesterkin versus the Caps, maybe Shesterkin versus the Penguins on the road, and then and then it's a back-to-back, so maybe Gorkyov. That's how they think they should play, but I don't want to hear this force your hand crap or show our hand crap from the head coach. Play your best guys versus the best teams. On top of that, around the rest of the league, I saw that the uh, Toronto, uh, the, Le- the, t- the Maple Leafs and the Raptors, they dropped the entire VAX requirement. So basically, you had to be required to go in that arena. You ain't got to be required to show your vaccination papers in Toronto no more. Let's go Madison <laughs> Square Garden. Time to step it up. That's number one. Number two, uh, Jack Eichel, uh, after a whole year, uh, comes back for the, uh, the, the Golden Knights. Uh, we saw Sidney Crosby get his 500th goal versus the Flyers. Uh, there's some good games last week, man. Um, one game, you know, this is why I don't really fear the West, Glenn. Uh, the Bruins dominated win without Marshawn over the Avalanche. And then mm-hmm. the real good games was really the Hurricane win on the road versus Pittsburgh. Um, and I also thought the win tonight by the Predators over um, Florida was pretty yep. good too, man. So, um, and also let's not forget the Kings have been showing a lot of teams uh, – it's surprising they went in the you know beat up on the Vegas, Vegas Golden Knights, 
and then the, the Capitals and the Flyers actually been playing well. They just can't close the deal, and they lost to the Capitals as well last week. So those are the games that stood up from uh, out of my mind. Uh, let's see what we do in the next three games. We'll be back in a week, uh, 9 p.m. to discuss what happened versus the Capitals, the Penguins, and the Canucks. So I'm Gray Asu, ladies and gentlemen. The Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, Scott Glenn, RP, and myself. Blee Blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, 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 blee blue.